0: Hello everyone and welcome to After Dark Paranormal Podcast. It's Jordan here today, and I am joined with one of our team members, Vicky.
1: Hello.
0: Um, today we're going to be talking about the Groundlings Theatre in Portsmouth. Um, we are very lucky to be going there. We do have an event there on the thirtieth of October. I uh, will be getting into more details about that shortly. Um, but before we start this podcast, um, why don't you introduce yourself, Vicky, Tell everyone who you are, a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, hello. Obviously, I'm Vicky. Um, I've been a paranormal investigator for quite a few years now. Um, Anything from private investigations, castles, homes, prisons, you name it. I've been to quite a lot of different places. Um, I've also studied and I've got several diplomas in different areas of the paranormal. But if you want to know any of the backgrounds or the history of the crew, just look onto our website. There is a uh, drop down on there where you can view the different crew members and there's a little bio and history of everybody.
0: Yeah, so that's perfect. Like she said, guys, if you want to meet the guys and learn a little bit more about them, if you just go onto our website, which is adparanormal.uk, like Vicky said, we've got a little drop down bar and you can meet all of our team members and find out everything you want to know about them. Um, Maybe if there's one of the team members you'd like to maybe host with you on one of the events, I'm sure we can sort that out for you. Um, But yeah, today, guys, we're going to be talking about the Groundlings Theatre, which, like I said, we'll be um, lucky enough to go there on the 30th of October for an investigation. Um, The details of the investigation are on our website, but I'll give you a little heads up now. Um, The start time of the investigation is 9pm until 2am. So what's really cool about this um, event is that we're going to be running over into the 31st, which, of course, is Halloween. So that's prime time ghost hunting time. So we're all really looking forward to that. Um, but we're going to give you a little bit of history about the venue, um, some things maybe you don't know, um, what happened there, because um, it's a very rich building with rich history. Um, so Vicky's going to start off by explaining some of the history of the venue to you guys. Um, and Then I'll um, also tell you guys some really interesting facts. Um, but yeah, again, I'm going to hand you over to Vicky and she's going to tell you some really cool interesting facts of the venue.
1: Right, well, the Groundlings Theatre, which is in Portsmouth, was built in 1785. Now, this place is oozing with history. It was known as the Old Benny, and it's located not far from the historic dockyard. And if you can imagine this place, it was the first free school in the city, and it was in the middle and surrounded by Victorian slums. Now, the last load of those slums weren't demolished until... um, well, really, not that long ago, to yeah. be fair, and um there's some great, great backstories to this place it's a grade two listed Georgian theater, but like I said, it started off life as a free school. Now, the school was at the bottom of the building, and the top half was used for the theater and for dances and different events, and also for the board of the school to meet and have discussions about local problems and things that were happening. Now, when we went there to investigate the place and have a look round during the day, I actually had a chat to one of the staff members and um, he was telling me that child prostitution, as you can imagine back then, wasn't a crime and it was absolutely rife. The windows weren't boarded up. So they would have these press gangs, very similar to the press gangs that you hear that would pull men off the street. And they'd wake up and they'd be on board a ship and they'd be in the Navy. They had a very similar thing with child prostitution. These gangs would hang around outside the school and the windows and they would entice children to go out onto the playgrounds, to join them outside. And once they got their hands on them, these poor kids were never seen again.
0: That's a very dark history then. So
1: it is a very dark history. And in the end, the school had to board the windows up and they had to teach the children in what we will go into on the investigation is now the dressing room. And it is actually a very long it's, dressing Yes, room. it is a
0: very long dressing room.
1: But those windows were all boarded up and these children had to be taught by candlelight so they could protect them from these gangs. Wow, can you imagine that? And if you can picture that... Um,
0: I imagine trying to, you know, learn while the children knew what was going on because obviously they weren't naive to the fact that there were people out there that obviously had bad intentions... Um, while learning under candlelight, must have been quite a distressing situation for them as well.
1: Oh, yeah, and um, if you can imagine, there's a, you could probably look her up online, very famous lady in Portsmouth called Josephine Butler. Now, she started campaigning to make child prostitution a criminal offence, and they had their first ever meeting upstairs at the Groundlings Theatre so that she could make the public aware of what was going on and what was happening to these children. And that meeting actually led to child prosti- prostitution becoming a criminal offence. So well done to her yeah, wow. for that.
0: So she was the lady that started that whole movement, was she? Yes. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. And I, I know as well, um, I, I have been reading up on some of the history, um, but I think a lot of the viewers would find interesting is... I know there's a very interesting bit in the article about Charles Dickens and his mother.
1: Yeah, Charles Dickens' mother, Elizabeth, was attending a dance again at the theatre. But she actually went into labour with Charles Dickens With himself, the Charles Dickens. Yeah, with the Charles <laughs> Dickens. Now, that was in 1812. Wow. And also, Queen Victoria visited the theatre on several, several occasions because Prince Albert became a patron of the theatre and at the time Prince Albert was very much an advocate for the poor and he donated over £3,000 which back then was a lot lot of of money money. and he did that so that the school could be opened up Mm -hmm. for girls to learn there as well as boys. So it started off as a boys school but thanks to Queen Victoria and Prince Albert and investing that money into the school they opened it up for both boys and girls to be able to learn. Am I
0: right in saying as well there was a short period of time when it was just a, a girls' school? Just girls that attended there?
1: Yeah, I think it was at one point. I I believe, yes.
0: yeah, I think there might have been a short period of time when the, the child prostitution thing was so rife. Um, I do remember one of the hosts there telling us that you know they, they made it purely a girls' school just to protect them, to keep them off the streets... Because um, I know that a lot of the time when they used to go out and play and things like that, they they kept sure, made sure the girls were all kept in the classrooms and things like that to keep them out of trouble because they knew if, if any child that was walking about on the streets back in those eras, like you said, just one day would vanish. Um, which, again, kind of ties into the dark side of this of this building, which I'm sure when we investigate there, there's going to be a lot of things that that we find out. Because um, that's always our goal. We we do go in there knowing the history, um, but when we get things come through, on things such as spirit boards, um, spirit boxes, things like that, we always come back and cross reference what we find. Yes. Because um, we always find it interesting to see if there there is a little girl that might have come through, and we we check her details, um, and we like to share that with you guys as well. Um, but another really interesting part of the story of Browning's Theatre is. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Vicky, but I believe it was in 2004, a stray firework um, went into the building and it, it nearly burnt to the ground.
1: Yeah. It, unfortunately, the place was almost, was was burnt down by this stray firework and a very well known actor, director and a thespian of the stage actually brought the building, the old wooden staircases remained intact but most of it was the it was a shell the roof was all gone but he brought the building and with the help of a load of volunteers and the locals they actually rebuilt the theatre and this guy's name is Richard Stride now have a look at him online guys because not only is he our director an actor and an artist but he's also a stunt double, and he was a stunt double for Ewan McGregor in Star Wars episodes two and three.
0: Wow, wow, that's that's incredible. I mean, not only that, I mean the guy must have done so much community work for the area of Portsmouth to to keep this this you know the theatre going. Um, and I think it's a credit as well to all the volunteers that
1: yes, are there. Definitely. I mean, when definitely. we when we
0: visited there, the volunteers were. Nothing short of fantastic. And they were very, very kind to us and showed us around. Um...
1: Yeah. And sadly, during lockdown, it was broken into. Yes. And a lot of the scripts and the plays that they had were all destroyed. But I'd also like to note, this place is under threat. Developers are biting at the bit to try and buy the land that this theatre is sitting on because they want to knock it down. Yeah. A grade 2 listed building, they want to knock it down and build flats. Yeah. And that would just be an absolute sin, in my opinion. Places like this, with the history that they have, they need to be preserved. So the more people we can get to know this place, the more people to go to visit. Hopefully, we can be a part of helping to save this place. So please, if you get a chance, go visit it, visit it during the day. Yeah. Um, The amount of costumes and items, not just from the plays that they've put on, but from plays that Richard has been involved in in the west end they have costumes and artifacts props that they've used from there that you can go and see
0: yeah i mean when we went there it was such a great experience i mean the the paranormal and ghost hunting side um if you put that to one side for one second it's it's such a beautiful building I mean, when we got there, I was, I was expecting it to be quite small, but when we went in, I was pleasantly surprised of how big the building was. Yes. And the, like you said, the amount of costumes, the um, the <laughs> the changing rooms, I mean, like you said, it just goes on for, it seems like, miles, doesn't it? The amount yeah. of the different costumes and props and things like that. And, um, yeah, the amount of stuff they've got, guys. So, like Vicky said, the the building's under threat, so not only supporting them through coming on Ghost Hunts with teams such as ourselves, but going there during the day would be... Such a big support to them. And I know they're appreciated. Because like I said, they're really great guys. Um But like Vicky said as well, the, the developers want to knock it down and then um, build flats. Because it's it a five-minute walk from Commonwealth Keys. Yes. So that's prime retail, isn't it? Oh, definitely. So, but
1: definitely. yeah, it's such
0: a rich building with such great history. You, you don't want to miss out on the chance to, to go there. Um, so if you do want to go, guys, um, like you said, we, you can go during the day or... you're interested in the paranormal come along with us you know we're going to do a really interesting investigation there um luckily for us um during covid everyone's been really really supportive of us um so thank you to everyone that's been so supportive um and tickets for for this event specifically uh, sold like hotcakes um there's only eight tickets left now um but I, I appreciate a lot of people might be a little bit nervous about coming on ghost hunts. A lot of people are still worried about going out and being sociable after COVID-19. Um, but I just want to reassure everyone that we've done everything in our power to make sure that you guys are safe. Yeah, we'll, end... we'll
1: go into that in a, in a minute. There's just a couple of other points I'd like to point out with the history of this place. Um, Sir Henry Ayres was a pupil at the Beneficiary School. Um, if you think of Ayres Rock... Ayers was named after this guy. But also during World War II, as you can imagine, this is right on the dockyards, not far, literally within walking distance of the quays. A Nazi sympathiser was rumoured to have climbed on top of the roof during World War II with a torch and was directing Nazi planes towards the dockyards so that they could be bombed. Wow.
0: Wow. So again, a lot of dark history then of, of things that have happened at this building. Um, yeah, like, like like I said, guys, the history here is so rich. I mean, we don't want to give it all to you. We don't want to spoil it. Because no. um, obviously, you know, that's when you come along. We've got a lot more information about the building and the venue. And supposedly um, it is supposed to be haunted by 10 ghosts, I believe we were told. Yes. Um, luckily for us, they're all friendly. <laughs> so that's that's always good. Um, but I mean, we, we were there during the day, um, and we just went around the venue taking photos and videos for uh, the website and things like that. And I mean, we heard footsteps, a couple of breathing noises up in the, yeah, we the had um, a, attic. We
1: had a very loud breath that was sort of in between the two of us and we both looked at each other. Um, I'll, exp- I'll just briefly explain. I'm hard of hearing, so I wear hearing aids. So, and a lot of people ask me, "How can you do this job when you've got hearing loss?" Well, brilliantly, because with my hearing aids, I can probably pick up a lot more things than we some can, people yeah, do sure. And when I heard this breath, the first thing we did was we both looked at each other, and I said to Jordan, "Did you hear that?" And he heard it at the same time as yeah. me. And it's it gives me a buzz when things happen, and it can be validated by other people. By other people, and this is what we hope happens when you come on one of our events like i said we like to get a history of the place we don't like to give out too much on the event because we don't want to influence
0: such as names people. And dates names and, and dates like and things
1: like that what we like to do is see what comes through either on a spirit board on the spirit box and if we can if we get a name or something that comes through if we can go back look at what we've researched beforehand and we can match that up with something then that's validation for us that's what we're 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 hoping to get
0: I think we uh, you know here at after dark we do pride ourselves on trying to give you guys the best go something possible and one thing that we always always try and stick by is we don't even if we experience or we hear some sort of activity we're not going to say anything until you guys the public speak up to us and say did you hear that? Did you hear those footsteps or, or did you see that thing move? Because we don't ever want to be guilty of planting things in your head. We we want this to come completely from your perspective and experience it firsthand. I mean, because, yes, we're paranormal investigators and this is what we do. But by the end of the evening, we want you guys to walk away and be interested in the paranormal, go and search all the history, go and find out about the equipment, see how it works, learn how it works. That's our That's our goal, because the paranormal community is so vast but yet yeah, compared to other businesses so small at the same time. Yes. And I mean we're, we're all after the same one bit of evidence aren't we? That's
1: We're all after that one bit of evidence that would just blow everything out of the water and at some point that's going to happen.
0: I firmly believe that yeah I, I, I firmly believe that one day something will happen and if we're lucky enough if it's us great you know i would be forever grateful for that but you know if if we can inspire somebody that comes on one of these events to say do you know what yeah there's there's more to life than meets the eye and they want to get into the paranormal if we can inspire people that to me is one of the best things we could possibly yeah. do
1: to me that's job done if we can do that and on the other hand we like we really really welcome those that don't believe oh 100 percent. because we like to hope that Something will happen on an event that will help to sway you or change your mind. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like I said we, you know, we can't guarantee paranormal activity no, we never can. on an event. We pride ourselves on the fact that we don't fake anything. And if we do experience something, we go out of our way to try and recreate it. And verify Debunk it and verify it. Yep. So we always ask that when you come on one of our events, you just keep an open mind, you join in. And if you hear anything, if you see anything, tell us, talk to us. Don't be scared to
0: ask questions, speak
1: out yeah, and ask questions. That's what we're there for, because at the end of the day, you're coming on one of our events. But this is your paranormal investigation.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I think... A lot of people, when they come to ghost hunts, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree, they can be quite nervous, right? Yes. Um, but we try to get it across to you guys that the more activity and interaction you give not only to us, but the spirits, is going to encourage the amount of activity you get through the, throughout the evening. So like you said, at the end of the day, it's, it's their ghost hunt, isn't it?
1: Yes, definitely. And I always say, think of it like a phone conversation. If your phone rings and you pick it up and you say nothing... The person on the other other end isn't going to say anything either. And they'll probably hang up on you. It's very similar with spirit. You have to be open to ask the questions in order to get something back. So what you put in, you will, hopefully, you'll get back. But you have to start a line of communication somehow.
0: And definitely keeping that positivity going as well. I I think... Like you said, if you're sceptic, that's absolutely fine. But if you've got an open mind and and we can all kind of build this positive positive perspective of what we hope to happen throughout the evening, that's when we usually experience things, doesn't it? I mean, if if we've had groups, (laughs) unfortunately that, you know, haven't called out throughout the evening, have been a bit shy. Like I said, I I totally appreciate it. it. can be a bit unnerving for some people.
1: Oh, some people come on events the and they're absolutely terrified because they think it's going to be something like the film Paranormal Activity. And right. And it's not like that no, it, at all. Exactly.
0: I mean, we can touch on what happens with a Ouija board in a second because that's a whole different situation in itself. But, yeah, if you come along and, and you're positive and you take part, I mean, that's... I've. I've never had a group that where they've taken part, nothing's happened. I've always had some sort of activity when they've they've tried their best, they've built the energy up. I've always had something happen. Um, I mean, out of all the venues, I think together we must have investigated upwards of nearly five hundred venues. Now it's it's been yeah, r- we've,
1: we've been all over the country.
0: Um. So and throughout those venues, with a positive mindset, I've I've never had no activity. I've always had something something throughout the evening that's highlighted. And I can remember that venue will go, yeah, I know what happened there. We had activity Yeah, there.
1: I, I can honestly say, when I first started doing this, I was very much one of these people that you have to see it to believe it. You've got to experience it. I was very much on the fence. Yeah. And when I first started, I was terrified. I thought, can I do this? Will I start screaming and running away like a, a little girl? Yeah. But it's not like those films. No, it's, it's not, not like the like like things you those see at the cinema. Shows. It's nothing like that at all. And I have experienced and seen things that I couldn't debunk, that I couldn't explain. And it has changed my outlook on what's out there. And I just hope that over time, when people come to our events, that we can do the same thing and and do that for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think like you said, I was very similar when I, I started doing this. It was I was very sceptical. But doing the amount of investigations that I've done, not only has it changed my perspective on the paranormal, it's changed my perspective on life overall as well. I mean, you you can't do what we do and not have an open mind about all sorts of things in this world because of what we do. I mean, me and you, um, I can speak for both of us, I've seen things on the same investigations where we've looked at each other and we've said that's just humanely impossible. That's, yeah. it's, there's no logical way something that we've seen could have just happened.
1: I know, I know. And there have been... A, a question I'm asked all the time, do you not get scared? Well, yes, I do. And there have been places that I've been to that have really unnerved me Mm. but the trick to this job is we're responsible for people's safety yes we have to manage our fear and I've learned over the years to do that and not to show your fear
0: I think fear is infectious isn't it and I mean I think a lot of people look to us as a safety net so if we got freaked out um then that would obviously perceived to the to the rest of the guests. But yeah, I I would totally agree. I mean, I I've been in venues where I've been definitely unnerved. I can I can definitely agree with you on that. Um, but it like you said like a minute ago, it, it's not like the movies, is it? No. I mean, a lot of people no. watch films, horror films, and come along and think you know things are gonna go flying off the mantelpiece, things are gonna scream and. I'm not saying that that won't happen or doesn't happen, but the percentage, the chances of that happen, the percentage are so low of, of something like that happening. It's usually the subtle things, the footsteps, the, the slight knocks. That's the more things in realistic terms yeah. what happens.
1: And like I say, we're a very positive bunch. So we put out quite positive vibes and we normally get quite a lot of positivity coming back at us. And one of the things I've also noticed after the years is that we have a laugh And we tend to find that laughter actually fuels
0: the atmosphere and the energy. Totally agree. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I would like to also say for the people that are worried about things such as Ouija boards and seances and things like that. Again, I mean, we we do things very safely. I mean, we always make sure that your safety is our priority. Um, I mean, we've we've both been fully trained correctly on Ouija boards. Um, like you said, Vicky has diplomas in certain sides of the paranormal. Um, one of my specific favourite parts of the paranormal and supernatural is demonology. So I went deep into that to regards obviously that covers the Ouija boards and, and things like that. Um but again it, it's not like the movies guys. It's you're not gonna get a possession happen to you while you take part on an Ouija board. You're not gonna get an attachment. Um and I unfortunately, I think Hollywood's definitely done a publicity stunt on the Ouija boards. Yes, um, definitely. But that's that's not the way it is. Um, like like you said before, uh, nine times out of ten, nothing usually happens on the Ouija board. We're not going to get your hopes up and say, you know, if you're coming to one of our events to, to hear from a loved one, it, it's going to happen. Because we can't ever guarantee that. No,
1: no, we can't. And we're fully trained to open and close a Ouija board properly. And I have to say, when I watch a lot of these paranormal programmes, you never, I've never seen them actually open up the board and close it down after themselves. You just see them filmed on the board and off it's going all over the place.
0: Yeah, I, again, I, we there's a very strict policy here at After Dark when Ouija boards are handled. Um, but again, the reason we do that is to ensure your safety.
1: Well, it's not just your safety. I've got It's our safety as well. Yes, because these boards, I have a a folding table. It's an old um, antique that's been carved into a Ouija board. But if I was to take that home with me, if I've not opened and closed that board down properly, I don't want anything going home with me so it's as well as your safety it's for our safety as investigators and the team as well
0: yeah no exactly i mean we've heard some horror stories over the years of when the boards haven't been closed properly i mean yes. maybe that's something to cover at a later date yeah. in the podcast but yes there are some horror stories where they haven't been done properly and that's why we're so strict on the policy um but i, I suppose us saying about safety and things like that that kind of leads into our next topic and that's going to be regarding the the ppe
1: yeah, the PPE and the rule of six, which we're going to be working to on this event. So when our guests arrived, we will be putting you into groups of six. Yep. Now, obviously, we'll be going with you through our guest list. We're going to be seeing who's coming together, who's who we can safely keep in a group together. Yep. And your host for that night will be your host for that night. There will be no changing or swapping over. We won't be providing any food or drinks because we don't want the risk of any contamination or anything like that happening. So if you are going to come along for our Halloween event, you're quite welcome to bring your own snacks, a hot flask of drink. Because most of the places we investigate to can get quite chilly. in oh, the yeah. early yes, hours Oh, yes, definitely. The morning. We learned
0: that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs>
1: Um, so, yeah, we will be working to the rule of six. We're going to have a cleaning station. PPE will be provided on the night. And we're going to make sure that as soon as somebody has used the bathroom, one of us or the team members will be going in and we will be cleaning and wiping everything down for the next guest.
0: Yeah, exactly. And just to add on to what Vicky's just said, I mean, we will also be supplying um, like disposable gloves so it doesn't take away the experience from you guys taking part in the ghost hunt, you can still use our equipment safely and you know once you've you're done with the equipment we've got antibacterial wipes and things like that we can clean it all down with um we've also got numerous countless amount of masks yeah that if you want to wear your own
1: masks then please feel free to turn up with your own masks on and as it's Halloween, you know, optional fancy dress. If you want to come
0: yep, 100%. in costume
1: or anything like that, please do.
0: I, I know a few of us are going to be dressing up. So, and I mean, if if any of you guys do decide to come along in fancy dress, I'm sure there will be a little surprise for the for the best dressed. For the
1: best and the, and the most imaginative. Yes.
0: Costume. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I think that covers most of the um, information about the groundlings, guys. But again, regardless of the PPE please do not worry about your safety because we have gone out of our way tenfold to make sure that you are safe. And not only have we done that, the venue's done that as well. Um, so we've come to an agreement with the venue to ensure that you guys are safe. Um, so please do not feel intimidated or anxious about coming to the event if you're worried about COVID, okay? Because your safety will be absolutely our priority. Um, so if you've, if you've liked what you've heard here, guys, what you've heard about the history and the activity that happens at the Groundlings. If you are interested in booking a ticket, there is currently eight tickets available. These tickets are selling very, very quick. Mm-hmm. They are currently at £30 mm-hmm. per person. But if you are interested in getting hold of one of those tickets, you can contact us at cs adparanormal.uk or you can book straight away on our website, which is adparanormal.uk. If you've got any queries or Q&As you'd like to ask us, feel free to drop us an email, guys, because we're looking for topics to to continue this podcast and these episodes. Um, So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much, Vicky, for joining me today. Oh,
1: you're welcome. Thank Um, you for listening, guys. Yeah,
0: thank you for listening. And um, stay tuned, because over the next couple of days or next couple of weeks, we're going to be releasing more podcasts. We've got, I'm sure you've seen on our website and Facebook, We've got a special event coming up on the 31st with a certain Richard Felix, which we're very looking forward to. We'll be going into deeper details about that. Um, But yeah, guys, as always, stay safe, take care and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening, guys.